I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Dave Hooker Show, represented by Banks and Jones, Tennessee's trial attorneys. Play to win, banksjones.com. The Dave Hooker Show. A presentation of Off the Hook Sports. Objective insight, expertise, top guest. Available on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the Off the Hook Sports app. Download now for free. Also available on offthehooksports.com. I compute and obey. Now to Dave Hooker. Ready. Goodness gracious, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see how excited Caleb Calhoun is. He's about to pop through his screen. Look at him leaned up. He's on the edge of his seat. He's ready to go. It's like every day's the Super Bowl, Caleb. Every day, every is, day is every day is the Super Bowl, and I have the ultimate clutch gene. So he's you know, Captain Clutch. He's Caleb Brady. Welcome to the program. As Caleb we Brady, get off. <laughs> love yeah. that. Yeah, we get off and rolling. Plenty of things to talk about. Uh, Josh Ward joins us on Thursday. We love to visit with him. My oh my, those Lady Vols. Uh, we'll discuss that with Josh. Also. Josh, his appearance brought to you by Dynasty Pools and Spas right there in Athens. I'll tell you more about them, welcoming them on board. Certainly looking forward to working with them. The best chemicals, the best spas, the best prices right there in Athens. So I'll tell you more about them here momentarily. But also we've got big time recruiting news coming up on the program. And we started off with we're going to have an announcement with Jordan Seaton who is going to announce at 9 o'clock and is one of the uh, highest-rated, uncommitted prospects still on everybody's board. So what are you thinking about Jordan Seaton? What can you tell us about him? And then 
We've got news on Justin Jolly. Then we'll get to today's tough question that deals with the Vols right now. Um, Seaton, an offensive tackle. I talked to people at Oregon who seem to think they've got him. I don't. Um, I've, I've talked to uh, people that have a Tennessee buzz. Um, this is a difficult one to predict. I would have said Ohio State 48 hours ago. I might say Tennessee now. That will be about noon, so we're not going to spend a lot of time on it because a lot of you watching, it'll be dated by the time you get to it. And then Justin Jolly, the tight end from uh, Connecticut, has uh, said he will not visit. I'm going to tell you why a little bit later in the program. So go ahead and click that like and subscribe button. We greatly appreciate that. A lot to get to on the program. Tennessee recruiting in general as again, a lot of uh, a lot of you will be viewing this when some of these decisions have been made. We're going to talk to Josh about this. I think it's it's going quite well. Um, is it perfect yet? No, uh, and I don't know that another win, um, a nine and three season instead of eight and four, would have made much of a difference. But I also think that you need to keep in mind that unlike some other coaches that Tennessee has had recently that we're going to dissect. Josh Heupel coaches up his players. I mean, how many players do you look at? Jalen Hyatt's the prime example that have come in. I bet you could name five right now, Caleb. You're so smart. I bet you could name five players that got massively better from the time they stepped on foot on campus and left for the NFL or whatever endeavor they decided to pursue. Yeah, I, I could easily. I mean, obviously, Hendon Hooker, Jalen Hyatt. Uh, I would say Princeton Fant was coached up very well. Cedric Tillman was was coached up very well i mean these were all incredible players darnell Wright, we saw but with i mean i don't know i don't want to say coach up we saw the potential with darnell Wright. that was a guy who i think just flipped a switch and i kind of think maybe jalen hyatt was the same way i don't know if that was hypo coaching as much as that was what you've talked about with reggie white his senior year where they both were like oh i i need to go ahead and start playing because otherwise my nfl draft stock is gonna suffer development though let me expand is part of I think culture too. I think if you show up to practice and you're a little bit afraid of your bipolar coach because his name's Butch and he has a terrible haircut, I think it makes it tougher to go to practice day in and day out and be very good. So I think culture's part of that and help Hyatt and Wright. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, culture's definitely part of it. I, I would agree with that. But there's you're right, Butch was bipolar. Jeremy Pruitt was fiery though. He I wouldn't say but he was fiery in the way that I feel like Nick Saban might be fiery. And so I don't know if the players were afraid of him. I think I think Jeremy Pruitt was just bad schematically on offense, if we're being honestly, if, if we're being honest. So it's I, I think that's all that was. Jim Cheney, whatever you I don't think Jim Cheney's a bad offensive coordinator, but I think he's his system only works if you have a lot of talent. Tennessee didn't have a lot of talent on offense. Agreed. So on the uh, message board, uh somebody's trying to get us to watch um soccer we're not going to do that and uh justin jolly mentioned not visiting tennessee and i'm going to tell you why a little bit later in the program and then butch was a butch i i don't know how you can say that is an interesting fella um a little bit bipolar but i want to get to something a little more pertinent because it kind of slipped up on i think a lot of people um tennessee's bowl practice starts friday that leads us to today's tough question. Today's tough question. Take a side. Take a stand. The Dave Hooker Show, a presentation of offthehooksports.com. 
Today's tough question is currently on our YouTube page as a poll. So, a little narrative here. Visiting with Jacob Warren yesterday, and I'm asking, you know, what's what's with Joe Milton's decision? Because if I were him, I would leave. And I wrote that column, and people just read the headline and said, oh, you're telling Joe to get out the door. No, no, I wasn't saying that at all. What I was saying is that it doesn't benefit Joe Milton to participate in the Citrus Bowl against one of the better defenses in the nation. Um, even if he goes out there, let's say he he has a fine game, 14 to 24 for 200 yards would be a fine game against this defense. What does that really say about Joe Milton? Not much. It's just that he's a good quarterback and he had a good day. Maybe he needs more preparation and that's why he played well against Clemson. But there's a chance he could go out and be 8 of 20 for 120 yards against this defense, Caleb, and that hurts him. So now he's viewed as a guy with an awful lot of upside that lacks some, and I'm going to use this word in, in a very different way, that lacks some talent when it comes to passing the football. I'm not saying running. I'm not saying jumping. I'm not saying he can throw the ball 90 yards. But lacks some passing ability, passing talent that coaches can work on. What changes if he plays in the Citrus Bowl. So today's tough question brought to you by Andy Mason, andymasonrealestate.com. I'm not going to ask you if he should play because he shouldn't. I'm going to tell you that. I'm going to ask you about Nico and what if Joe Milton decided not to play, what that would mean for Tennessee's program playing in the Citrus Bowl. It's brought to you by Andy Mason, andymasonrealestate.com. Best prices, best service in the biz. It's Andy Mason, andymasonrealestate.com. You absolutely cannot beat him in Knoxville for over 40 years of experience in that office. All right, so the question is, and you can vote on YouTube, but we want to get your thoughts as well as we move along here. What would be the ball's response to Nico starting the Citrus Bowl? Okay, now these are the players. And I'm visiting with Jacob Warren yesterday, and he said, yeah, sure, I'd like to play with the kid. So I use that as one of the choices. Fired up to play with the kid. Oh, no, no, Joe. In other words, players wouldn't like that. Or let's ride. I mean, whoever's going to play is going to play. So those are your three choices. I want to hear it on the message board. I want to hear from you. I want to hear you vote right now on the poll. Today's Tough Question brought to you by Andy Mason real estate, andymasonrealestate.com. What would be the ball's response to Nico starting the Citrus Bowl, which would mean Joe Milton skipping the final game of eligibility he has as a college player? And that's a lot considering he began in about 1948. So given those three choices, Caleb, what would you go with? I would say it would be let's ride. And the reason I would, but for a specific reason, have you followed this team the last three years, anybody? Tennessee's approach to everything has been let's write. I don't feel like their emotions change week to week depending on the game they play. Have you noticed that, Dave? It just doesn't seem like they seem to be one that has the same approach for every game, don't they? Yes. With I mean, if you want to take South Carolina, you know, I mean, that, I would take that, that out well, of the equation. Yeah, there, there are a couple of exceptions. Like this year, they were all in on making sure they blew out South Carolina. And you had the inside. You were you knew why Vegas set that line so high. I didn't understand it at the time. And you were like, the line should be higher. I should have. You know, Dave, you're not even a good friend. You should have told me to take money on the alternate spread in that game. Secretly. I don't want to be wrong and cost you money. 
you are not a good friend, Dave. And so <laughs> <laughs> um, I could have made a lot of money off that one. Um, but so you're right. Outside of that, tip, it's not like – look, whatever – this was a problem with the Fulmer era. And it's funny, we're going to talk about Hypo versus predecessors. Fulmer could not keep his team emotionally consistent game by week by week, could he? You know, they would give really up to play Georgia. They'd be really tight for Florida. But then it's funny, they- he mentioned that in, in terms like magic dust. Do you remember his term? You can't spring, sprinkle magic dust on the team every time to get them to play their best. Interesting that you would say that. Yes, they were a little up and down. Great point. Yes. And Josh Hypo has very has all. I think Josh Heupel's dead serious when he said it's the biggest game because it's the next game. He approaches every game like it's the biggest because it's the next. Alabama, MTSU, Austin P. it's the biggest because it's the next. And I think Tennessee has really gotten that approach down. Now, I don't know if that's good or bad. I don't know if you want your players to turn it up a notch when they play more elite teams or in, under, the, under the lights. But I think because of that, they, this Tennessee program has a very business-like approach to every game they play. And I think... That's because that because of that they'll be let's ride no matter who starts. I love you, but I completely disagree. I think it is hands down fired up to play with the kid. I think it would not only inspire Tennessee's players who could come up flat in a citrus bowl game, just a weird feeling from covering bowl games, no insight, but I just got a weird feeling this could be a flat showing. We'll see. I think it would be fired up to play with the kid. Vote on YouTube. Uh, 31% now fired up to play with the kid. Let's ride, which is just go with whoever's starting. Gaston, jump in there, would be 62%. And oh, no, no, Joe just gets 8%. So, so they as, agree with me. The audience agrees with me. They're like, Caleb they is so smart. They're like, Caleb is so much smarter than Dave. <laughs> they do. But you just admitted I could have made you a lot of money with some information. I probably could have a couple of other times as well. That is true. Um, here's the other thing too. Just think he's better. <laughs> I mean, I'm to the point where, with the 20 pounds, with the practice, I think he gives Tennessee a better chance to beat Iowa and play really well. I think they've got a great chance to beat Iowa anyway, and probably will in ugly fashion with Joe Milton if he's a starter. I think they have a better chance to have a great offensive showing with uh, Nico. I mean, as of today, right now, I think Nico makes them a better football team with another month to prepare. The the thing that stuns me is that this is all just kind of flown under the the radar. I mean, are we expecting a decision from Joe Milton, or is he just going to show up to to practice on Friday? Is that not a little odd to you? Yeah, this is the that that's what's so weird about this is you wonder like when do like do are do players have to announce that they're going to play in the bowl game? You know what I mean? And like that that's what's so weird about this era. Last year, players were opting out at the most random times, and bowl practice was well underway. Do you remember this, Dave? Jeremy Banks uh, announced he was going to opt out Christmas Eve, and he, it's a good he, news dump day. Yeah, right. Well, he did that because he did. He, <laughs> He did that because he didn't want to be in the news. He wanted to quietly exit Tennessee knowing. Oh, I know. Yeah. I mean, the the only better news dump day than a Friday afternoon is Christmas Eve. It's Christmas Eve. Yes, exactly. I mean, Santa Claus was already in the air. Okay. He was already dropping presents. And Jeremy Banks is like, "Uh, guys, uh, I'm not going to play in the bowl game. He wanted the quietest exit from Tennessee possible. And honestly, it really kind of shows his 
intangibles and quite honestly level of intelligence to not think we were still going to be able to get a hold of that and cover it. He he doesn't know how online vol media works. Um, so, be, but but again, ball practices were well underway at that point. Was he practicing with the team and nobody knew? Or you know, these are the questions that we asked. Now, Josh Heupel doesn't open the practices up, right? So you no, can't and really it's, see. there's not going to be any open portions on Friday. That makes me think, and nor Saturday or over the weekend. That makes me think that Joe Milton is not going to participate in the ball game. Hunch, hunch, hunch. Don't call me out on it, guys. If if he ends up playing, but I mean, you have no open portions. Doesn't doesn't make much sense to me. Um, uh, I I, th- I think that Tennessee would be inspired and, and play better with Nico than with Joe. And I mean, no offense to Joe. And I know some of his family members watch our videos, and I think your son's done a great job. But I think it's time for him probably to move on. Portions of the program brought to you by our friends at Harold Group Security Solutions, leadership experience specialization, addressing problems through unique mission-specific mitigation techniques, also making your children safer one school at a time, haroldgrp.com, haroldgrp.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Some recruiting. A couple of notes right off the top uh, that might be dated. So Caleb's going to do a good job of uh, editing this out. Justin Jolly uh, is not going to visit. Why? I have a theory that I want to jump into. We mentioned Seton, his announcement's coming. Maybe you know where he's going by the t- time you watch this video. So we're going to focus on other cats, but let's focus on Justin Jolly, the tight end, the, commit, uh, the tight end out of uh, Connecticut that will not visit. He could have rode down with my son who's coming from UMass, but he's not going to do that. Uh, by the way, happy birthday, Trammel, who doesn't watch the program. But Justin Jolly will not visit. I have a theory, and I've covered recruiting for more years than I care to admit, uh, a name to keep an eye on, and I've not heard anyone bring it up. How about Bauer Sharp, uh, a sophomore tight end from Southern Louisiana, he has received a scholarship offer from Alec Ablin, according to Go Balls 24-7 and our friend Ryan Callahan, and he will uh, visit the weekend of December the 15th. So since December the 4th, Josh Heupel has a better feel for how many scholarships he has to give because he sits down with anywhere from potential returning seniors to guys that he wants to go ahead and cruise on out of the program. And he has an idea. So even though we're just a couple of days into this transfer portal window, I think numbers are getting tight. Um, And I think that you just tell Jolly, hey, we're good. Also, I think tight end is going to be a position of strength with uh, Ethan Davis. Uh, They have to replace Jacob Warren. I understand that. But I think the tight end position with Ethan Davis will will be solid. They need another McAllen Castles like he came in this year to step in. And that might very well be the Bauer kid, but that just makes way too much sense to me, Caleb. Yes. And also there's two types of tight ends in Josh Heupel's system. There's the physical overwhelming presence. And then the guy that's almost a receiver, almost like a Rob Gronkowski receiver type. So Jason, uh, 
uh, Jacob Warren was the physical overwhelming presence. Right. By the like way, he, you and I are the only ones that call him Jacob. He told me the other day, he said, everybody calls me Jay or Jake. So it's you oh. and me <laughs> and maybe his parents. Okay. Well, <laughs> I call my little brother Jake. So I get his name's Jacob and he likes to be called Jake. Um, but so Jacob Warren is the physical blocking tight end. And McCallan Castles, I think, was more the receiving tight end. Justin Jolly is a all but a receiver. He's 6'3", 215. Okay, so he's basically a slow receiver. If we really want, if, we, if it really boils down boils down to it. And with Ethan Davis, why do you need Justin Jolly? Because Ethan Davis, I think, has like twenty pounds on him, and is probably faster. So yeah. it's um, Ethan Davis. I've been told is one of the freakiest athletes on the roster. Um, and, and once they mold him a little bit, he's, he's going to be, he's going to be, I think really, really good. And I haven't heard one negative thing about him. Um, uh, recruiting coverage today brought to you by our friends at the hemp house, the premier hemp dispensary online with a wide variety, great selection and strict standards to ensure you only receive the best in CBD or Delta products. Hemp house chat with two T's.com hemp house chat with two T's.com support our sponsors. That's why we're here. Also, Tennessee has offered MTSU defensive tackle Marley Cook. Uh, I was reported on Monday that Cook planned to enter the transfer portal and has lined up visits at Miami and Ohio State. So here's a guy you would think would be natural just to come to Tennessee. But if he's getting interest from Miami and Ohio State, this could be a bidding war. Six foot two, 298 pounds. Uh, I'm not hearing anything yet on him, but I do think this feels a little bit, and I'm not knocking him. I think uh, it feels a little like Dante Thornton in that it's a bidding war. And then Tennessee has to decide if they want to spend that type of cash. Yeah, they do. Um, and you don't know what you're going to get with Marley Cook coming from the lower level. I think, look, the production was there. And I think even, but the, the hard part with defensive tackles, Dave, at smaller levels is that's where the that's where the talent gap reduces significantly is in the trenches. So if you're a semi-good division one if you're a power five caliber defensive tackle even as a backup you can blow up every play at group of five level college football right because the the, the play is just so significantly worse in the trenches no that's that's true i would i would want to see his quicks um you know i he, he had 19 tackles for a loss 10 and a half sacks but you're right you don't know how the level of competition affected that but i, th I think that um yeah, I've had to predict he ends up in Tennessee because he's he's nearby, but I don't have a great fit for that. Good news for uh, two UT commits that were invited to the Army All-American game, Boo Carter and Bennett Warren, and still resonating the Boo Carter conversation we had with Stephen Hargis of the Chattanooga Times Free Press. Boy, if you, if you haven't seen that video, go back and watch it, but finish this one first. And that is that Boo Carter is absolutely not what you would have thought of a prospect 10 years ago. And that's a guy who visits other schools and switches high schools during his time um, uh, before college. You worry about this is a guy that, according to Stephen Hargis, has nothing to worry about. And then what are your thoughts on uh, Bennett Warren, a Tennessee commitment, before I throw some other recruiting news at you? Um, Bennett Warren, uh, committing to play in the army bowl is actually a good sign for Tennessee. That is somebody that Tennessee really needs, uh, in their class. Um, we talk about Tennessee in the trenches a lot, and he is a very elite tackle prospect. Dave, he's only a four star, but 
we're talking Darnell Wright potential. I mean, at six seven three thirty, and so you know, we're this is now again. He comes out of Texas. We and I, you and I talked about it yesterday. Texas recruits for some reason always underachieve at the college level. And I saw a comment yesterday. The working theory on this, Dave, is because the high school coaching in Texas is so good, you re- they're rated based on potential, but what's not realized is they've already reached their potential a lot of times in high school coming out of Texas. And so the upside is not usually what you think it's going to be, which I haven't thought about that, but that makes a lot of sense. Now, Boo Carter, it's funny. The only one that's official is Bennett Warren in the Army All-American Bowl. We're saying Boo Carter because Boo Carter tweeted that he received an invite, but there's actually no proof that he received an invite from the other end. If you go to the 247 Sports 2024 Army Bowl participants, Boo Carter's name's still not on there. But it's, yeah. Maybe he needs NIL money. (laughs) Or he wants some Army gear. Uh, I don't, that, that is very odd to me. Why? Unless they want to announce it. Listen, I've been a part of a lot of these all-star games, and they're so orchestrated as to when people announce and how they announce and during the broadcast or before. Nothing would would really surprise me um, as far as that goes. Um, but but after two- talking to Stephen, but after talking to Stephen Hargis, who I respect, I, I'm I'm going to trust Boo Carter. Yeah, my my only thing on this is. Even if he is only two Army All-American Bowl participants, I was looking at the numbers yesterday. Dave, there's like 15 schools that have at least two participants in the Army Bowl. And you're talking Georgia has like 10, Ohio State has seven, Alabama has five, a bunch of them have three. If Tennessee is going to be where it needs to go, I know we talk about hypo at development, but don't they need like at least like four in recruiting classes in the future, Army Bowl participants, if they're really going to get to where they need to go? Uh, the record, I think, I think it still stands. Ironically, was Tennessee and Iowa both with eight one year that I covered that deal. Um, okay. I think that I think that's still the record. So well, yeah, I think Georgia broke it. <laughs> yeah, probably. And but you also have to remember that you, you have a situation in in which you have two All Star games, and I think kids are a little bit smarter now. Why risk injury? For that uh, portions of the program brought to you by Rick Terry Jewelry Design. Support our sponsors. We want to be your jeweler. That's RickTerryJewelry.com. Looking for affordable game day jewelry. How about the Fire Opals, a Tennessee tradition? Rick Terry Jewelry Designs. RickTerryJewelry.com. They can design jewelry, and then they also have uh, the very affordable. Uh, they have the very, very affordable jewelry like those fire opals that are fantastic. We're going to visit with Josh Ward and talk about how Tennessee is very, very different now in year three under Josh Heupel than they've been previously. A great breakdown on offthehooksports.com. Hang tight. Josh Ward of the Sports Animal in two minutes. Sun, sand, and salt water. The beach is a very relaxing place. Unless you wear contacts. Open your eyes to the best the beach has to offer with LASIK Vision Correction from Campbell Cunningham Laser Center. Ah. Sports Treasures in North Knoxville is one of the South's largest sports cards and memorabilia dealers, featuring over 10 million sports cards from vintage to modern. Sports Treasures carries a full line of hobby boxes, singles, autographed memorabilia, Tennessee Vol collectibles, fan cave decorations, and so much more. See a museum full of collectibles at Sports Treasures, 4819 North Broadway in Fountain City, and Sports Treasures on Facebook. Sports Treasures, where the real sports fan goes to shop. 
you seen the latest TriStar Hats Co. product? TriStar Hats Co.? What's that? You know, those really cool hats, shirts, tumblers, and even license plates with three stars like the official Tennessee flag and stripes like the American flag. Pretty patriotic if you ask me. Ah, gotcha. Seen those. Those are cool. Where can I get them? Simple. TriStarHatsCo.com. And if you order now, there's 10% on any order $50 or more. Plus, use the promo code HOOKED. With the promo code HOOKED, you get 10% off. That's HOOKED. And don't forget free shipping with any order over 50 bucks. Stock up at TriStarHatsCo.com. That's TriStarHatsCo.com. There are plenty of wannabes out there, so make sure you go to TriStarHatsCo.com for the best quality and customer service. Will do, and I'll be sure to use the promo code HOOKED. That's HOOKED when I do to save an additional 10% off. TriStarHatsCo.com. TriStarHatsCo is a trademark of TriStar Hats Co. LLC. Any use without express written consent is prohibited. The Dave Hooker Show, represented by Banks and Jones, Tennessee's trial attorneys. Play to win, banksjones.com. You're listening to The Dave Hooker Show, a presentation of offthehooksports.com. The internet is full of pictures of each and every one of you. Available on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the Off the Hook Sports app. Download now for free. Is there nothing you people can't do? Also available on offthehooksports.com. Just for the message board, quick mention, no one mentions Peyton Lewis. Do we not talk about Peyton Lewis enough, Caleb? Um, we, we, we have. I think there's still questions about Tennessee's running back future right now because they're, they seem so set with Dylan Sampson, Jalen Wright, and Jabari Small, but we don't know who's leaving. And I'm just going to tell you, there's a strong possibility Dylan Sampson's overrated. He's athletic, but he's not picking up oh. the fine. Hold on. He's not, oh. picking up the, he's not picking up the finer details of playing running back. He missed his I, – I, I watched when he was in his vision. Is, he's got Trent Richardson vision. I'm just going to say oh. he's got Trent Richardson vision. Oh, so. Josh Ward, let's bring him in. Trent Richardson comparison to Dylan Sampson. Thoughts? In terms of vision, not athleticism, because he's way faster and Trent Richardson was a power back. But in terms of vision, Josh, bad. I'm he's seeing bad. that level of bad vision. Bad. Fat guys can call other guys fat. Josh is never allowed to call anybody fat because he's slim. You aren't either, Caleb. I've been fat, so I can just call Trent Richardson fat. Well, um, uh, yeah, I mean, their games are very different, right? Dylan is a open field playmaker, I think, in what he is best at. Trent Richardson was not that. Uh, man, it did not work out for him in the NFL, and it was over quickly once he got to the next level past playing for Alabama. Uh, yeah, I mean, Dylan needs to be uh, – I think he has more to show for sure, and assuming he will replace the production of Jalen Wright if Wright moves on to the NFL would be a big jump. I think. Dylan has some obvious characteristics similar to Alvin Kamara, but that doesn't mean he's Alvin Kamara. And, and that's why I've, I've been hesitant to make that kind of leap. But Samson is a playmaker. I have confidence in that. But I think he needs to be a part of a running back group that can succeed. I think Cameron Seldon next year is an important player to watch. Uh, the, the question, I guess, leading into this was Peyton Lewis. Let's see, you know, freshman, can he come in and make an impact? And then there's Khalifa Keith. We'll see if he has more of an opportunity depending on who leaves. Yep. Click that was just like. a moment. I, I'm sorry. I have to bring this up real quick. It was against Georgia. Dylan Sampson had a run to the outside, and he kept pushing and was forced out of bounds just short of the first down. If he cuts to the inside, 
he's got nothing but green for a touchdown. And I'm like, a, a basic college running back should be able to see that. Sorry, they should. I, I had no idea that Caleb was this down on Dylan Sampson, Josh. This is news to me. I uh, want to introduce a brand new sponsor on the uh, program, and we're very excited uh, because they carry just awesome stuff and they bring you Josh's appearance uh, brought to you by Dynasty Pools and Spas. Imagine having the best spas made right here in the U.S. in your backyard. Well, they're here and open. Dynasty Pools and Spas has a brand new showroom open in Athens. Well, not brand new showroom. They've had this showroom, but uh, the showroom has a fantastic selection and uh, boy, the best prices, especially with some blemished items that I've taken a look at. You don't even know that they're blemished, but they've got it all right there. Dynasty Pools and Spas in Athens. Complete support, spa cover, and chemicals to keep your spa bubbling at its best. Dynasty Pools and Spas. Amazing discounts for first responders, military, and like I mentioned, those blemish models that can save you a ton of money and no one will ever notice. Dynasty Pools and Spas. Go to DynastySpas.com. Or stop by there in Athens, right off the interstate. You've seen them. They're incredible showroom. I was there, Dynasty Pools and Spas, for all four seasons. All right, Josh. So, Josh wrote about the uh, comparison of coaches, and we do this a lot after year three. Year three is always a good year to do that. And I said, Josh, how about this? I think this is a good idea. You compare Josh Heupel to his predecessors in year three. And uh, Josh texted me back, um, I just, just emailed the story, and man, Derek Dooley struggled. Um, that's a nice way to put it. Um, how would yeah, you that's compare- complimentary. <laughs> that's not exactly, what Josh, not exactly what Josh texted. Um, how much better off is Tennessee under Josh Heupel than its predecessors? And we'll dive into some of the numbers. Well, I think if you look at structure of the program, leadership, belief in who is in charge, Josh Heupel's characteristics are more impressive than his predecessors. Two of the three didn't make it beyond three seasons. Dooley and Jeremy Pruitt were done after three years. Uh, Dooley's on-field product was horrible. Uh, Pruitt, the on-field product in 2020 was not good at all, but there was everything going on behind the scenes that may have been used to get him out, which really made things worse for the program in term, terms of some of the things they would have to rebuild. So uh, when you look at where's the program and where's it moving forward, part of that comes back to recruiting. Well, the 2013 class struggled after a coaching change. The 21 class is, is almost like a non-existent group. Uh, I think they have four signees left on the roster from that 2021 class because of everything that was going on. And that was a hire that was made later so then you come back to Butch Jones. I think that's the the one comparison to really try to make to figure out, okay, what's different? How can it be better? Because you want better results knowing how it played out beyond 2015 for Butch Jones. And I have more confidence in Josh Heupel than I did at the time. And, and certainly looking back, see with Butch Jones. But there are questions that have to be answered. How do they close out this 2024 class there is the transfer portal aspect of it as well so what kind of players can they find to supplement what was lost in 2021 part of Butch Jones challenge was having to replace uh, or fill in gaps that were left by Derek Dooley that 2013 class was not a great one the 2012 class didn't have any offensive linemen Dooley didn't sign one so those were some of the roster challenges that Butch Jones faced at the time in 2015, they signed a big-time class. It did not end up living up to the hype. They, they signed a top-five class in 2015. 
that season, uh, the uh, the Vols were able to go eight and four, just like this team did in in season three. But they lost those four games by a combined seventeen points. That would be the real disappointment of this year's team. Not just losing four games, but losing by at least thirteen points in each game, and then losing by an average of twenty one points. The losses were not competitive by the end for Tennessee. They need to clean that up, of course, uh, to be in more games in the fourth quarter, to have a chance to improve the record and get closer to where they were in 2022. Josh, um, to push back a little bit, though, with the Butch Jones thing, I want to know what your thoughts are on this and how you compare them. I know you talk about the what Butch Jones inherited walking in in 2013. I would argue it wasn't as nearly as bad as what Josh Heupel inherited in 2021. I would, as a matter of fact, I... I and, I want to know your thoughts on this. If I had to make the argument over who walked into the best situation of any coach since Lane Kiffin, I would say probably it was Butch Jones. And I want to know if you think that's, I don't think the roster was as wrecked as it was when Dooley walked in because of what Kiffin (laughs) did. I I strongly disagree. Really? Tennessee had a Tennessee had their whole offensive line drafted after 2013, after Butch Jones's first year. Now I know they exactly that they had to replace all those guys by year two and they had to do that with a 2012 class that didn't include any offensive linemen and there was no transfer portal to be able to replace them with veteran players to come in. So yeah, in 2013, you're right. He had a good offensive line, but, but they were gone after that. So uh, he also Tyler Bray left. So the NFL quarterback was off to the league. So the quarterback position at the time was very weak. Josh Heupel inherited Hendon Hooker who would end up being a Heisman finalist. And that's not to take away from the help that Josh Heupel provided to get Hendon into that spot. But Hendon's a a terrific talent, far better than what Butch Jones inherited at the quarterback position. Neither neither coach walked into a good position. But uh, I don't think Butch Jones walked into a, a much better spot than Josh Heupel. No way. I I will say this about the, the situation that, and again, some of these numbers are astounding that uh, Josh pulled up. So go to offthogsports.com. I would argue too that if I'm Josh Heupel, I feel a lot better about the whole athletic department than any of those other guys and who they were hired by. No offense to Philip Fulmer, but but Dave, him, Dave Hart, all those guys, they, they, I mean, that was a, bunch of dudes that didn't seem like they knew how to hire a coach yeah Danny White is uh he is the best athletic director of the ADs that were in charge during these coaches we're talking about tenure without without any hesitation he's also the best hirer of athletic directors in the country um which is a big deal Josh it's funny um I want to bring up I want to actually expand this a little bit uh when we talk about Josh Heupel's third year and I wanted to get your thoughts on this because compared to not just his predecessors, but comparing him to legends of college football. Uh, Steve Spurrier in his third year at Florida went nine and four. Nick Saban in his third year at LSU went eight and five. And uh, Urban Meyer in his third year at Florida went nine and four. So isn't it safe to say he's actually in pretty good company (laughs) in terms of having more losses his third year at Tennessee? Yeah, from a record standpoint, sure. I mean, uh, if you look at overall Heupel compared to the previous coaches at Tennessee we're talking about, it, it's easily Heupel, uh, whether we're talking about overall or SEC or against higher quality 
opponents. So then you kind of step out and say, okay, uh, how's he done against coaches that we knew went on and had big time success? And some of those coaches had more success than Heupel's had uh, through three years. If you just look at individual seasons or overall record, uh, like Meyer has a national title in year two, but year two for Josh Heupel, he won 11 games, 10 and two in the regular season. So year two was a big year for Tennessee and then a slide back in 2023. And then of course, Tennessee is hoping to make a jump back closer to where they were two seasons prior by the time they get to next fall. So that's, that's the next step. Can you recruit at the highest level like some of those coaches were able to do to start building a real roster moving forward. That's part of the challenge. And the way you do it is different now than the way some of these coaches have in the past. But most often programs that you've seen reach a national championship level over the last 25, 30 years by year two or year three, you could see that that potential was there. Uh, That's why looking back at somebody like Derek Dooley at the end of year two, when there was still debate about, hey, I wonder if he can still get Tennessee back to the top. If, if you go back and look at what they were producing at that time, it's laughable that it would have even been considered. And we found out a year later there was no chance. Uh, but Josh Heupel showed in year two that, yeah, there, there's something there. They, they have to kind of redo some things because of the players that departed. And this year was a reminder of that, of the system, scheme, development. The, yeah, that's, that's great, but you need real talent to hit the full potential in that development. Horsons of the program brought to you by Campbell Cunningham, Taylor and Hahn. Enjoy life better when you see better local vision service for LASIK cataract surgery and regular eye examination. Go to cctis.com, cctis.com. They're local and they care. Look at me, no contacts, no glasses. Again, Josh's appearance brought to you by Dynasty Pools and Spas. Josh, Lady Voss. Um, that's been something. Um, we asked the question if Kelly Harper was on the hot seat yesterday. I would say roughly 80 to 90 percent agreed with us and actually thought we played it a little soft. I said, Why isn't she on the hot seat? She absolutely is. Is there that even a question? Um, and then they lose to MTSU. Your thoughts before we get into four downs brought to you by Dynasty Pools and Spas. Yeah, that's a really bad loss. Uh, getting blown out by Ohio State or losing against other high-quality opponents. Uh, you know, the loss against Notre Dame where they have the lead and then give it up. That's at least against high-quality competition from big conferences. Losing to Middle Tennessee within the state, uh, and a, a program that shouldn't be on the level of the Lady Vols because of obvious reasons, that's not going to sit well. And then when you... You're in the second half. You're trying to come back to to win the game, and then it goes that way. Uh, the record's not good. Uh, the The disappointment of losing big games at least allows the chance of okay, well, let's see how they do against the teams they'll beat. You assume going in, and then get to conference play and try to catch up there. And now that kind of kind of conversation is out the window. Uh, I hate to see it because it's a program that we know the history. We also know that history includes. Kelly Harper as a player and there is no question how much she wants Tennessee to win um not just because she's the head coach and she's a, she's in charge of the program that's obvious I had a chance to talk to her in August she was on w- uh, with the show we were doing and her face lit up when I asked her about football season because she was just so excited about 
the build-up to football because she cares about the University of Tennessee, and she is as big of a fan if you're going to a football game or a men's game as any other fan that's watching or listening to us right now. So her passion and, and how much she cares about UT is unquestioned, and I think fans often want to see that, but there also has to be results. And Kelly Harper came back knowing what the standard is, and she was a part of winning national titles, and that was her goal. And right now they don't really appear to be close there. It's interesting, and it's a perfect lead-in to Four Downs, brought to you by Dynasty Pools and Spas. Four Downs, brought to you by Dynasty Spas, the most comfortable spas made in the United States of America, right here in East Tennessee. Drop in for the all-new showroom in Athens, Dynasty Spas, perfect for all four seasons. Four Downs, presented by Off the Hook Sports. So, Josh, you can go ahead and jump in the spa with uh, who? Cooper Mays here. Hit like and subscribe. <laughs> Let's get to it with Coop. Uh, again, imagine having the best spas right here in Athens. You can do that. Complete support. Spa covering chemicals to keep your spa bubbling at its best. Dynasty pools and spas. Amazing discounts right down below uh, for first responders, military, and even some blemish models that can save you a ton and no one will ever notice. Dynasty pools and spas. Uh, DynastySpas.com. Coop, what down? Coop here. First down. All right, let me start with Josh. Should Kelly Harper or anybody for that matter, be given any more slack because they have ties to the program as you just discussed. No, they should be judged based on job performance and where the program is moving forward. Uh, the, the connection in this case, being a former player at the school makes it a lot harder, I think for a lot of people, but no, the evaluation should be based on, job performance, state of the program, everything that matters for that person to do his or her job, no matter the previous ties to the school. All right. Jump in the spa, Caleb, with uh, Cooper. Should she be given more leeway? No, and this is why hiring former players is always, always a problem. And I say, Dave, let's look at football. Johnny Majors, Philip Fulmer, the pushing out of Johnny Majors. That was a serious division for Tennessee and a really, really hard thing to do. And also, let's be honest, I, I, I'm going to say this. I know he built Tennessee up in the M. Um, Johnny Majors got a 10-year leash that he did not deserve because he was a former player. I mean, that's Tennessee was a, mediocre for a decade. That's 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 a really good point in the spa with Coop. Cooper Mays here, second down. All right. Is Tennessee a good or great job given the pressure that's going to be on the individual, Josh, to – live up to Pat Summit's legacy, which no one can do. Uh, I still think it's a great job because of the resources that come with it, and that includes the salary. If, you, if you're worthy of it, I'm not, I'm not saying that Tennessee is going to be willing to spend LSU money like they did on Kim Mulkey. Maybe they would. Uh, I don't know that to be the case, and I know money is being allocated elsewhere, so you have to make difficult choices there sometimes. But I, I do think it's a great job in women's basketball because of the passion of fans and the resources that come with trying to build if if you're able to actually get it there. Any like just take the take any coach out there, say they're all free agents, Tennessee would offer as much potential to succeed as any of the programs we would talk about. All right, Caleb, same question for you. Good or great job? Totally disagree, Josh. It's not a good or a great job. It's the worst job in women's college basketball. Yeah. The reason the reason it's the worst job is the expectations. It's it's the no it's it is the equivalent of the Notre Dame football job, which is 
the expectations of what you are expected to do, but also you're expected to do it a certain way that it's not possible to do this day and age in college, women's college basketball, which is there's the whole don't use any recruiting advantages you might have because we got to recruit the right way. And Tennessee has this culture because of the people that embraced the women's basketball program in the 70s when they embraced Title IX that is still there of don't take any shortcuts. Don't do what Gina Oriema does when he takes gives people tours of ESPN to recruit. Don't use those advantages. That's going to wreck Tennessee in the end. It just is. And it's the same with – it is the Notre Dame football job but for women's basketball. I guess I'll be somewhere in between. I don't think it's the worst job. Uh, certainly not. Yeah, it's not the I, worst job. That's not correct. Yeah. But I mean, I, I, I mean, I, if you're afraid, I guess. But, I mean, come on. I don't yeah, think I, it's possible to win a national title at Tennessee until they start accepting that they change their culture. They can't. You can't do it. Okay, you can't so, do it until you change your culture. So speaking of, and Dynasty pulls and spas four downs with Coop. Tennessee center Cooper Mays here, third down. Fair expectations. Here are my thoughts. Uh, let me get you a yay or nay on this, guys, because we got to move along. But I, I think a two Final Fours within five years, um, and I don't even want to say a national championship. I mean, that's how much the women's game has changed, and Tennessee's program has changed. But Josh, let me just open it up to you. What are fair expectations? What do you tell the next coach that takes this job that she needs or he needs to do? to keep that job yeah i think it's more about being competitive and every once in a while winning an sec championship and then yeah you, you need to get back to the final four but i don't think the expectation is national championship or you're out i mean that's that's part of the problem here is that the lady balls for several years now have not appeared realistically that close to a final four let alone a national title so I don't even think that's where the expectation is. I think the expectation is that you're just kind of in the mix among the best teams in the country, and Tennessee hasn't been that. And to beat the Blue Raiders, Caleb? I actually totally agree with Josh. I think that's exactly what the expectation, even though I disagreed last time, that should be the expectations, is to flirt with the Final Four. But again, to meet those expectations, they have to change some of the demands over how you're expected to win because that's not possible otherwise. And I'm just going to say, you guys all said I was crazy two weeks ago when we asked who would last longer, Kelly Harper or Rick Barnes at Tennessee. I think I was right when I said Rick Barnes. Uh, I would have said Rick Barnes. I think we all said Rick Barnes. Josh, I don't, I don't think you're part of that conversation. <laughs> I don't think Josh Maybe that was with Jimmy. Maybe that was with Jimmy. No, yo, I think y'all said, I think a lot, I think you guys said J uh, Kelly because she's younger and Rick Barnes is older. <laughs> I was actually going to go with the golf coach. That's what Jimmy suggested. All SEC center Cooper Mays here. Fourth down. All right. Here's my idea. And, Josh, I know you don't have a lot of time, but here's my idea. Okay, if you want to fix the Lady Balls, I can do it in one fell swoop. You ready? I'm going to NIL some young lady like there's no tomorrow. And I am going to throw a lot of money. There's usually one star. Am, am I wrong, Caleb? You know more about the women's game than I do. There's usually one star per class, usually. Caitlin Clark kind of sort of came out of nowhere. But we knew about Maya Moore. We knew about Candace Parker. I'm going to go NIL a lady, and she is going to come to the program, and one player can make a huge difference. And then I'm not going to spend a lot more NIL money because I don't think there's a return on investment. Trust me, I've looked into it. But – I'm going to NIL somebody. I'm going to fix the lady balls if I'm Danny White. That's what I'm doing. Do you love it, hate it, or eh, Josh? Well, I think that's a starter. Um, <laughs> Is that bad? That's just the 
throw in a couple of million at somebody just a starter. Yeah, the the problem is though, I don't think it's as simple as hey, if you have that one star, it doesn't matter as much what's around her. Uh, like LSU has, they've put together several really talented players. They had Angel Reese, and I know there's been some of the uh, she's away from the team with everything that's gone on there. But they went out and they got a, a big time transfer from Louisville to come in to join Angel Reese. So uh, I don't think it's as simple as having just one. Rakia Jackson's a big transfer they brought in, and she's not with the team, and that's hurting. You know, if they had her, I'd, I would think they beat MTSU. But um, I, I, I think you need more than one. That's a good start because you're right. There's Candace Parker came in, and that changed their potential as a program. But I think I do think it's deeper than that. It's kind of like Victor Wampamiyama for Pat Summit. It was the second, you know, she had the Meeks already, but then she had another booster of career. You're smiling. Why are you smiling at me? I thought that was a good comparison, Josh. First of all, I don't know that the pronunciation was great. Uh, I also, <laughs> uh, also, oh, okay, well, you go for it. You go for it. Victor Wimbenyama. Wimbenyama. Iamaleava. Yeah. Iamaleava. I've got that one down. Iamaleava. Parker is probably better. I'll work on Wimby. Yes, I'll work on Wimby. Uh, Where were we, Caleb? Uh, So, well, uh, yeah, I'm with Josh. The Maya Moore was probably the last, maybe Brianna Stewart, like women's basketball player, where like where you get this one recruit and it makes you dominant. And and Candace Parker was that. Hence the reason Gina Oriema to this day snubs Candace Parker in, in just a really slick, sick, sleazy way for someone to be that petty. But um, because he really wanted Candace Parker too. And it was kind of a shot in the arm for Pat Summit at the time. Because remember, there was a drought for Tennessee from that 98 team before they got Candace Parker, where they weren't winning national championships. So I get your point, Dave, but I think you NIL two players. Not one. You okay. and I yell two players. But the question, again, I'm telling you guys this. I don't think the – I think there is a legion of hardcore Lady Vol fans that would not be okay with that. And I think that they're a no, little old school. I, the Lady Vols are mad they, that they're not getting as much NIL money as they think they should get. They pushed – Well, I, I believe that, but they pushed – The reason they're not is stuff like Philip Fulmer – This is – by the way, this will Caleb, wreck his hold legacy. Your thoughts. Josh, how do we follow your work? Oh, sorry. People check out the column. Yeah, seriously. Uh, it, I, I think I even noted it in there. But if you see the Derek Dooley numbers in the column I wrote today, you're like, that. Ah, Josh screwed something up. This isn't correct. There's no way this is how few games he won. That's not right. Uh, it is. It's amazing. It's amazing. Uh, at the time, I was like, this is historically bad. I said this in t- 2012. I was like, he's got to be right up there with some of the worst coaches. I said, oh, you're so young. You don't know the histories. Look at these numbers. How can you be that bad when you consider the resources at Tennessee? So, uh, yeah, I appreciate you giving me a chance to write that. Uh, and Follow <laughs> me on Twitter so I can get a get get an e-boost. At E-Cray. Josh underscore Ward, because we pointed out before that Josh the uh, at Josh Ward is a country singer. Do you still get tweets about him? How's his career going, by the way? Uh, I, I got tagged on like a show maybe a week or two ago that he was playing uh and i think somebody on my face i have a you know a facebook page it's just facebook.com slash josh ward so uh like it uh and somebody i think somebody liked it and sent me a message like love your music <laughs> like that. if we if we haven't heard about him by now then we're never going to because everybody and their brothers making a country music hit now what is that? get me and get me enough nil I will fly to whatever show he is 
booked for, and I will show up and I will sing every single one of George Strait's 50 number ones. Happy, happy to do it for the right NIL price. Smoky Mountain Red says, uh, buy a cowboy hat, Josh. Would you wear a cowboy hat during the show if if I got it, got you one? Again, for the right NIL, everything's uh, got a price. But <laughs> Sorry, it's got, when, it's I, was, when I was really pool, little, I love I cowboy hats and, and boots. Yeah, yeah. Dynasty pools and spas right on the front. All right, uh, Josh. Great stuff. He's noon to three on the sports animal. We always appreciate you. Tennessee lady basketball, lady ball basketball, the worst job in women's athletics, according to Caleb. I'll leave you with that. It's a terrible job. It's a terrible job. <laughs> we're, on, we're on different sides in this. One. <laughs> Thank you, Josh. I mean, Caleb, that's a little strong. I mean, they got Thompson Bowling Arena. Hold on, hold on. They got Thompson Bowling Arena. They got Pratt Pavilion. I mean, they got a lot of stuff going for them that makes it a good job. So does Notre Dame in football. Notre Dame, you have agreed with me, is the worst job in football. But Notre Dame has limitations on its coaches' decisions. So does t- the so do the Lady Vols. That's what I was trying to bring up. The Lady Vols have limitations on how you can recruit as a Tennessee coach. They don't let you recruit certain ways. And they have limitations on who they can even hire. Philip Fulmer was told, don't hire anybody that's not a Lady Vol. And they, basically, people... The, the he did not want to hire. He kind of almost acknowledged this actually in the press conference when she was hired. He said, "You know, I didn't really get the culture. It was like, no, you got to hire a lady vault." He was big on that because they were pushing him. This is the problem with the lady vault's culture, and no one is seeing it. But they have a, they have an old school stuck in the 1970s as if Title IX just started culture that will be their undoing. The lady vault culture. I, I'm going to say it, and you guys can come at me. I don't really care. Um, Pat Summit was wrong for canceling the series with UConn. She was wrong. Gina Oriema, her, I don't like Gina Oriema, but that was a stupid move on her part to overreact and cancel over the Miami Moore thing. And it wrecked, it, it did not hurt Ten- UConn. It hurt Tennessee. No, I didn't think it hurt any either particular program. I thought it hurt the women's game. And I was disappointed she made that decision. But man, if you go a career like she has, and I disagree with one decision you made over the course of your career, that's that's pretty good. I'll say this about the NIL deal with the Lady Balls, too. And that is, um, is there old school thinking? I don't know. But I know that in in discussions with, with, with Lady Balls people, that, um, you know, we wanted to do a, uh, a podcast like we do with Jacob Warren and Cooper Mays. And we wanted to do that um, with a lady ball. And the first question was, well, you've got uh, this Jacob and um, uh, you got this Jacob and Cooper guy. What are they getting? I'm like, it doesn't matter. I mean, those are two different things, two different responses that you can expect from an audience. And um, that's tangible. So they have to get beyond that, beyond the fact that NIL is going to somehow save them. It's not. And it's not going to save any women's program. And the whole, the entire landscape of women's basketball is drastically changed. So if, you've, if you haven't followed this closely because of Pat Summit, there's 10 or 12 teams, Caleb, that can win a national, well, eight to 10 that can win a national championship every year. During Pat Summit's heyday, there was probably three or four. Is that fair? Yeah, no, absolutely. And yeah. well, let me uh, let me just tell you why why I'm criticizing this culture. Now, I get the Dave Hart taking the Lady Vols thing off. That was ridiculous. Keep the Lady Vols name. Okay, fine. But ha- the fan base was split. Half the fans thought he was wrong for basically forcing Pat Summit to retire. Guys, how could you not think Pat Summit should have retired 
when she had her tragic, awful illness. He right. can't coach during that years time. Ago. It's 15 years that was, ago. That was 10 years ago. 10 years ago. Okay. Um, and I, I, as they far as the have, lady goes, will they make a change? Yes, they're going to make a change. Their demands are stupid. Stunned. I would be stunned if they didn't make a change after this year, unless something turns around. But let it get to March. If Tennessee makes the Final Four, then this discussion is moot. We've had, we've, we've seen this before with basketball coaches. It's a tournament sport. It's not like football. Portions of the program brought to you by Tennessee Cider Company, the original hard cider of the Smoky Mountains. Use the promo code HAT. That's HAT to receive some free swag with your cider order. Available most anywhere in the United States. Go to tncidercompany.com tnsidercompany.com coming up how about a rivalry at a neutral site caleb has this grand idea that he thinks that would be a good thing for the balls uh i'm i'm not so sure uh but we'll discuss that and i want to remind you that we're represented by our friends at Banks and Jones, Tennessee's trial attorneys, play to win, banksjones.com or banksandjones.com. Again, coming up, Tennessee may, may consider playing a neutral site rivalry game. Do you like it, a la Texas, Oklahoma, or not? Stay tuned. He's Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker, off the hook sports. Got cataracts. We can fix that. Never miss another moment. With a little help from Drs. Campbell, Cunningham, Taylor, and Hahn at cctis.com. Hi, I'm Rick Terry, and we at Rick Terry Jewelry Designs pride ourselves in the highest quality craftsmanship from a family-owned business here in Knoxville for over 35 years. At Rick Terry Jewelry Designs, we also take pride in being an affordable option for all your game day accessories, especially those fire opals. At Rick Terry Jewelry Designs, we want to be your jeweler every day and especially on game day. Go Vols! Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. These mountains hold and defend a spirit far better than moonshine a drink that holds flavor that becomes necessity a hard cider made and relished by folk who are as hearty as they are legend a refreshment that can only be found in one place with a taste that makes you say give me three bottles of the good stuff tennessee cider company where necessity can be found What's up, everybody? This is Jacob Warren asking you to like, subscribe, and share. Dave needs this. The Dave Hooker Show, represented by Banks and Jones, Tennessee's trial attorneys. Play to win, banksjones.com. Um, who's this guy? Hello, wizard. The Dave Hooker Show, Ooh. a presentation of Off the Hook Sports. What? YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the free Off the Hook Sports app. Back to Dave Hooker. You have got 
to got to got to check out our friends right there in North Knoxville sports treasures carrying over 5 million sports treasures and so much more follow on Facebook for the best sports memorabilia daily updates go to Facebook and follow them at sports treasures TN the updates they send out are awesome sports treasures TN but go to Facebook and look for sports treasures they're north in the halls community and they're absolutely fantastic uh the seaton commitment um can you can you help me with that i was we had somebody on the message board who just now said that it was supposed to go any second i was told that it was going to be at noon eastern time nine pacific yeah i'm still told that so caleb but- i was so i was told 11 eastern time and if reportedly he's announcing his commitment on undisputed the show with skip and shannon and all of them He's reportedly announcing his commitment on that, and he said he'll do it on IG Live. So this is a, uh, I'm 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 scouring Twitter as much as everybody. Um, we it, this is one of those things where you don't really break news anymore because everybody else will see it beforehand. But we're guys, we're trying to stay on top of it. Um, uh, we definitely we definitely will get into it if he makes an announcement. I have been a part of these announcements where it, it's it's a forty minute preamble before he says which school he, he's going to. So oh God, we'll see if that's coming. It was the worst. It was the worst. Uh, hit that like and subscribe button. <clears throat> we greatly appreciate that. And Caleb and I do see eye to eye on a lot of things, but not some things. And so at our three forty five a.m. production meeting this morning, we're like, uh, hey, let's. Uh, Let's let's talk about uh, rivalries. And I'm like, well, Tennessee's the rivalry school. They've got rivalries everywhere. They can't have any more rivalries. And Caleb's saying, oh, you know what I love are those neutral site rivalries. And I'm like, I hate them. And he goes, Tennessee should do one of those. I'm like, no, they shouldn't. I'm like, what the? What was he thinking? Release the hounds. The Dave Hooker Show. Keep cool. A presentation of offthehooksports.com. Should the balls consider an annual neutral site rivalry game? I hate the fact that Florida and Georgia's played in Jacksonville. I say absolutely not. Caleb changed my mind. So, and this comes from, sorry, the Cotton Bowl is going to keep Texas and Oklahoma through 2036. Yes, this comes because the Oklahoma and Texas have extended the Cotton Bowl through 2036. And I'm usually not a fan of neutral site games. One, I think you're giving away you're uh giving away money. And because you usually make more money doing a home and home than you do splitting revenue for a neutral site game every year. So on paper, just in principle, I'm for I'm I'm for the home and homes. However, Dave, I think from a recruiting perspective. If Tennessee still is playing Georgia annually in two years, I think they should address maybe playing that game in Atlanta. And I don't care if it's closer to Georgia. Tennessee having a presence in Atlanta every single year. That was the one that made sense this morning in our meeting. So should the Vols, uh, considering neutral, so now would Georgia do that? Consider a neutral site game in the Mercedes-Benz Dome. Okay, how about this? This would be so controversial. Make a deal with Georgia. Would you give Georgia 60% of the tickets in Tennessee 40 and just willingly play a slight road game every year to make just to have that recruiting presence in Atlanta? Uh, no. I mean, I would split them even. Why? Uh, so, so you to, think- it, it, 
I don't if think Georgia is going to fight Georgia this. Why do you why do you think Georgia is going to fight this? I mean, if I think because if Tennessee called them up, that they would be like, heck yeah, let's do it. Because Georgia would lose out on their home game. Again, home and homes are better, and Georgia's already got a neutral site game in Jacksonville. Georgia would lose out on potential every other year revenue that they get from home games. And again, the revenue you get from one home game every other year outweighs the revenue you get from a neutral site game every year. And typically in college football largely because neutral site games are played at nfl stadiums are slightly smaller than college stadiums as it is but then also the neutral site games they have to you got to pay promoters you know promoters put these games on a lot of times and things like that so i think that would so it, I, look ideally 50 50 but if george is hesitant maybe agree to give them a little bit more of the ticket sales because look tennessee having a presence in atlanta every year would be huge well i don't think that would see, be i don't think deal. i don't think georgia would fight it i think they would be fine with it i think the tv well then money, do it well the, the, at the end of the day I, I don't know that tennessee should do it i mean i see your point uh i'm not saying i i hate it i'm not saying i love it but i wouldn't do it i think a home game in neyland special is way too special uh, i think a but home game at, in neyland stadium gives you and we've talked about this before gives you five points in a point spread as opposed to most home fields give you two or three um so i wouldn't give up the neyland stadium every other year i think recruiting in atlanta also gives you a five point spread but you know that's just me and um what i would think about this because i thought about this with oklahoma and texas they've texas has better recruiting but historically and now, you would say recency and historically, Oklahoma's been the better program, right, than Texas? Well, yes, yes. You, mm -hmm. They've been able to do that because they've been able to recruit Texas. They compete with Texas for Texas recruits. You don't think them playing that annual game in Dallas has a huge, has a huge re is a huge reason they're doing that? I think it helps. I think it it also helps the coaches that they've they've had hired. I mean, if you look at Tennessee, why did Tennessee do so well? in Atlanta recruiting with Philip Fulmer, it wasn't because they played a neutral site game. It was because they had drunken Ray Goff and they had Jim Donnan as their head coach. And then, and then Tennessee continued to win battles against Mark Richt, who was much better than the other two guys I mentioned. But um, I think that, that that's the best way is Kirby smart to go somewhere else. And you would agree with that. But as far as a neutral site game, uh, other options that that might be out there. Is there any other one that really floats your boat, or is 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 that the only one? I can't think of another one that makes a lot of sense for Tennessee. But I'll give you that this one makes sense. I, and and as far as the money, the the money's not going to get in the way because you have a, a little crew down there called the Chick Fil A Bowl Committee, and they were one of the best run bowls, even though they weren't the upper end bowls upper echelon like the rose bowl and stuff they would find a way to make that happen i mean if, if there's some way they could attach a sponsorship to it they would do that and then the television revenue would offset that so i don't really think the gate would be a factor i think home field advantage would be a factor but i don't think the gate at any either place would be would be a monster's factor i mean you're probably talking yeah, about what do you make on the gate i mean back when i was coming you made about a million on the gate i have um, no idea so let's say that. you let's say with inflation you make three million. A game like that that you could get title sponsored in November, especially like it happened this past year. Oh my goodness! I mean, at, at what point do we see some of these neutral site games because of money um, come with endorsements? The the Tennessee Georgia rivalry brought to you by Chick Fil A. How about them Nuggets? Well, that's well, that's what um, that's what. <laughs> Check out my nuggets. I got the dogs and balls. Oh my god! 
that's what <laughs> that's what um tech arkansas was hoping to because you know arkansas plays texas a&m at jerry world every year reportedly texas a&m hates that and they want the home and home back they want to go back to a home and home arkansas has no problem going to jerry world and playing in texas every year uh but okay another one what about from a lesser degree would you, since you probably, it's not that special of a home game anyway, because it's Kentucky. Would you consider playing Kentucky at a neutral side game outside of the state of Tennessee? Because Kentucky, one thing they've done recently, every now and then they've picked off an elite player out of East Tennessee. I mean, Randall Cobb is the most notable example of that. And, right. You know, Knoxville. I, I Give me another I actually think. Isn't there? I mean, a, Tennessee, I I mean, Tennessee has a lot. Randall Cobb is the one shining example. But that was a big one to get him out of Alcoa. Uh, when what Tennessee didn't offer him though until like January, uh, second week in January, uh, and then Trooper Taylor goes to Oklahoma State, and he was the guy that recruited him, and that's why that blew up. But I mean, Kentucky's not coming down into Tennessee recruiting territory and winning battles against the balls. And as a matter of fact, they're lucky to win battles against the balls in the Commonwealth. Well, the, yeah, there's not a lot of talent in the Commonwealth to win battles against, no, to be not. honest. I would say uh, this. Andre I, Woodson's probably the only one. How about this idea? If, if you're looking for something, um, what if you played – when did they get the new stadium for the Titans? Because I hate the stadium uh, now. They get that I – th- I think it's 20 – I don't know exactly. It's like three years down the road still. Um, now, I know you're not very big on – I feel like Nashville recruiting – is going to eventually break through the glass ceiling. I know you, you you've gotten history and you've talked about it, how those guys have not panned out and it's overrated. And, and historically you're absolutely correct. I just believe at some point numbers are numbers and you're going to have that change. And they're eventually going to be that Nashville is going to be so big. It can't not be a, a great recruiting area, if that makes sense. So I mean, New York city is not a great at. recruiting area and it's the biggest city in the country and it's a terrible recruiting area. When's well, the last we'll, good player that came out of New York City? Uh, you, you got me. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't, you can't play football in New York City. You can play football around Nashville. You've got space. You don't have space in New York City. They have space. They they built. Trust me. They they've got space. They they find ways to squeeze in football stadiums all over that city. They, they, but not a bunch of. Uh, no, wait a second. Well, okay. How about They're, this? North Jersey. Well, that, wait, North Jersey. Wait, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. Don Bosco is in Jersey. Now, would you consider them a New York school? Because I, I um, yes, I, New York Garrett, area. New Garrett, York Garrett, area. Oh, and Jared Garantano's dad was a cop in New York City. So, do you consider Jared Garantano a New York City prospect? Yes, New York City area kids. And are you telling me North Jersey has good football? Because uh, I don't Don think Don Bosco it does. does. I mean, Don Bosco Pencil- puts out about five or six guys a year. Pennsylvania and. Ohio and Maryland and Michigan all put out more talent than the New York area. And, um, I mean, who, 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 who came out of Connecticut? That's good. That's in the New York area. Is there a high school in Connecticut you've heard of? I haven't. Uh, this no. is the largest Metro area in the country and the football's pathetic there. Well, oh, by the, the way, the third largest, third largest Metro area in the country, Chicago football's not good there either. Yeah. Who's good. Point, that came out of Northern Illinois point being, I think Nashville will prove to be a solid recruiting ground. I'm not saying it takes over Dade County in South Florida, but I'm saying that it'll be a solid recruiting ground, if not very good. 
And if, if just the numbers alone would lead me to believe that. And if Tennessee wants to play a neutral site game, that might be the place to do it. You might call Kentucky and say, would you like to play in Nashville? But do you help Kentucky? And, and all this comes from um, a Texas. If, if you're just tuning in, Texas and Oklahoma are going to continue to play in the Cotton Bowl. Um, I could see that. I, I could. I, I really could see, you know, Tennessee has this issue going on with Memphis that I think stems from um, basketball. They've had issues there. We know Rick Barnes. I actually, Jimmy Himes broke that, um, that, you know, Rick Barnes had the issue with Memphis and he wasn't going to play them anymore, but that would be a great opponent that you'd beat most of the time. And you could play in Nashville. I know that's non-conference, but let me, well, how's that float your boat? I think Tennessee would rather do a home and home with Memphis because they're already going to Nashville every other year. And they'd rather that way they could actually get into Memphis and recruit Mississippi some too, at that point. Um, so that's actually been the fights with Tennessee and Memphis. Memphis has always wanted to do neutral site games with Tennessee in football and basketball. And Tennessee has never wanted to do neutral site games with Memphis. They want the home at home. And because Memphis doesn't like Tennessee going into Memphis and recruiting that city. So that's, that was that Calipari hated that in basketball that drove him crazy. And the same with Josh Pastner was that, that was the biggest reason the rivalry ended both times. Um, Nashville. Yeah. Okay. Putting aside my thoughts that Nashville talent is overrated. You're right. Numbers players will at least some come out of there at that point, playing Kentucky and Nashville helps Kentucky more than it helps Tennessee because Tennessee has more of a lock on Nashville than Kentucky does. So I don't think you would play Kentucky and Nashville. Um, so that's the big thing. I would just say that Nashville is like, again, where are people moving to Nashville from Dave? The Nashville's growing because people from New York city and the New York area are moving to Nashville. Well, nobody in the New York area can play football. It's a soft weak football area. I bet I could start at football on a high school football team in New York city or in New I York. So would bet you couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying New York football is terrible. So Nashville's growing with people moving away from other regions, those regions don't have good football. You're not having families with elite athletes moving to Nashville. You're having like theater nerds move to Nashville. Nothing wrong with theater nerds, okay? But life is not high school musical where uh, you can be a basketball star and a uh, theater nerd at the same time. And Nashville's getting the theater nerds, not the football players. No, no they're not. All right, uh, so uh, hang tight. I want to take a look at this. Uh, do, we, do we have a confirmation on the seat and commitment yet? I would like to dive into that for a second if we have that. Uh, he reportedly committed on Undisputed because, you know, the Undisputed, Skip Bayless has been driving the Colorado bandwagon like way, way harder than – in an unserious way. And yet I, I, he committed to Colorado on Undisputed. And I believe – Okay, again, so that, Skip, I want to ask this question then. Um, so what are your thoughts on Deion Sanders strictly from a recruiting perspective? You're not allowed to say the C word, which is coaching. Oh, I, I don't want to. We don't want to get into him as a coach. But are you worried about him as a recruiter? Because I think he probably stole one away. Well, he did steal one away from Tennessee and a couple of other schools. Um, how did he do it? He did it with flair. And that's something that most coaches are never, ever going to have. He's always going to have that advantage. It may be bull. But it's flair, and most coaches are never going to have that. So, how concerned are you now about Deion Sanders strictly from recruiting? You know, if you're, I believe in Deion Sanders still as a coach. I just the reason I'm supposed I to say the c word. 
Oh, you're right. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. As a recruiter, okay, I don't think Tennessee should be as concerned. Look, guys, I don't think Jordan Seaton was going to Tennessee even if he didn't go to Colorado. He'd have gone to probably Alabama. Um, I don't think Tennessee should worry because the flair, if one place, ha- if you're interested in flair, the one place that could somewhat compete with Colorado with flair is Tennessee because of Josh Heupel's offense. Heupel's got a little flair to him, Dave. So I don't think Tennessee is going to lose out on prospects that they have a legitimate shot for to Colorado. I don't think they had a legitimate shot at Jordan Seaton. I think that was uh, smoke and mirrors. And so I think that, but we thought about this with Boo Carter, but you just found this out yesterday. Boo Carter went to Colorado to recruit for Tennessee. And so, I mean, I, I think that I don't, if Tennessee's in the running, I don't think Deion Sanders existence is going to hurt them too much because even if you're, even if the flair outweighs it, Tennessee's got flair. Tennessee has more flair than Alabama or Georgia right now. I think Colorado is worrisome if you're Josh Heupel for a couple of different reasons. You can put all of this time in to try to get a Jordan Seaton out of IMG Academy in Bradenton, Florida. <clears throat> Excuse me, IMG Academy. And you're trying to build that pipeline there, and Tennessee's tried to do that to the point that they hired Chris Winky, who was a coach there, and they haven't been able to do that. So I think that's frustrating. Listen, I don't think it's just frustrating for Josh Heupel. I think it's frustrating for Nick Saban. I think it's frustrating for Ryan Day. Also, you had Oregon and Maryland supposedly in the mix. I think it's frustrating for all those big-time programs that are are trying to win recruiting battles – based off of old school and old school is hey, we have great facilities. You're going to win a championship, blah, blah, blah. Uh, great student athlete support, all of that new school is NIL, which I think uh, Tennessee is good at, but here's why you should be worried about Deion Sanders is because again, he's going to snap up one or two or three or four or five or eight or 10 of these guys, not all from Tennessee, but he's going to snap up these guys that, really solid programs think they've got. And that was the rumors that I was hearing even late last night is that Seton had said, Hey, you know, I, I'm, I'm thinking Tennessee and the vibes were really good. That's why I think it's frustrating. Cause then it throws off your whole plan. Now flip side, if Jordan Seton goes up there and Deion Sanders is the head coach at Miami or Florida state, um, and, and next year he could transfer. So the transfer portal helps you overcome that. But I think it's troublesome. I think it's kind of like the, the gnat that keeps buzzing around. I don't think it's the yellow jacket that stings you and your whole arm swells up. Makes sense. I mean, yeah, I get that. And it could be troublesome in other ways too, because look, Stephen A. Smith brought up a point a couple of days ago, Dave, and I want to know if you think this is true because Deion Sanders promotion won't just help him in recruiting. If Deion Sanders is the coach at Florida state, do you think they're left out of the college football playoff? Ooh, great point. No. Like, the answer is absolutely yeah, no. not. Because it's a TV show, like you said. And you want Deion Sanders in the college football playoff if his team's undefeated, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no doubt. Uh, portions of the program brought to you. I, I want to make another point about the Seton commitment. But first, I got to tell you about my friend Don Self. Don Self, if you're in the Chattanooga area, call 423-396-2126 for fantastic State Farm insurance. He's your State Farm agent. Customer service still matters. He's been there for 40 years, guys. Uh, DonSelf.net, DonSelf.net. Don and his team pride themselves 
on customer service. And that still matters because I'm going to tell you that everybody's shopping for a deal now. But what happens when that claim comes through? Donself.net. Check them out. Support our sponsors. That's why we're here. Boy, the Seton thing would have been um, really big for Tennessee, but it wouldn't have helped Tennessee next year. Um, there are not a lot, a lot of guys who, who come in ready to play at the SEC level. So I think that uh, Deion Sanders, his flair is, is certainly a part of it, but I don't think you lose an awful lot of um, – the war daddies, which I refer to the defensive tackles or the offensive linemen to Deion Sanders, because I think they take pride in playing for the, for the sec. And because they're from the South more oftentimes than not, there's just more big, good athletic bodies in the South than there is anywhere else. So I don't think you're overly worried about Dion because of the locality of it, but, it's it's troublesome. I mean, this is a guy that Tennessee probably has and everybody's celebrating, uh, if not for Dion's ability to get it on. Is it which one is it? Is it Bayless or is it Stephen A. Smith or who is it? Uh, uh, it's no, it was yeah, it's Skip Bayless. Who again? I be, I believe in Dion, but Skip Bayless drew. I don't take anybody seriously who picked Colorado to upset Oregon after the three and zero start. That's when I know you're driving the hype train way too much, right, Dave? You and I both knew immediately that Oregon was going to win that game in a blowout. Even if you believed in Deion Sanders, that was an impossible game for Colorado to win. And Skip Bayless picked Colorado. And I'm like, right, you're just doing this for show at this point. No, I agree and, with that. Um, I, I think that, yeah, I don't know why. That's why we try to be genuine and we admit when we're wrong. I don't know that those guys ever really mean what they say. Yeah. I mean, it was them. like the idea that you thought Colorado, I get, the three and zero start, and I think I I disagree with a lot of people. I still think Dion's going to do a good job at Colorado. I'm not a Dion hater like most, but but at the same time, the train got driven so hard in September. I think it kind of annoyed people because when you started hearing about the bets placed on Colorado to make the playoff or win the national title, and we're sitting here like, wait, guys, come on! Like this team is still depleted as a roster, and it's just not serious as a conversation. I think that turned people to overreact against Dion because it was annoying to a lot of people. Well, Scott brings up a great point. What would have been Colorado's record without Dion's son? That's yeah. I mean, I think he is a fantastic talent, and you're absolutely right. Here's the other thing to remember about Tennessee's ending relationship with ESPN. You can probably make these sorts of things happen a little bit easier if you're in the SEC. Now, we don't know what ESPN is going to be in five years, right? I think it's been on the decline for quite some time. But I'd say, as opposed to calling up uh, you know, another network like the Big Ten's going to do. And you're, I mean, I agree that, that 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 Big Ten deal is more lucrative and better for the Big Ten than the ABC ESPN deal is for the SEC. However, is it easier to make these sorts of things happen with the relationship with the SEC in the future? Because I'll tell you what, if I'm uh, Stephen A. Smith's, uh, if I'm Stephen A. Smith's producer, okay, and he tells me, I want to have this guy on because I like Dion. I'm going to be like, wait a second. We're we're paying the SEC all this money. I would rather, if we're going to have that, let's have fair and balanced and let's have an SEC guy on every once in a while. Make sense? Yes, I'm, and ESPN, but ESPN still laps like FS1 in ratings. I agree, but FS1, the Big Ten has more options. I mean, this guy committed on FS1, uh, not ESPN. And, you know, FS1 does have the Big Ten. They'll probably have the Big 12 next year with Colorado in there. The Big 12, by the way, here, here it's a, 
funny thing you bring that up because I think they have a TV deal now that may be better than the SEC's. Their new commissioner was the CEO of Rock Nation, which those who don't know, that's Jay-Z's um, company. And it's... I was just listening to the rulers back earlier this morning. <laughs> don't you have a... Uh, you have the Rock Boys music as one of your little uh, lead-ins now, I think. Don't you? Preach. Uh, I think I do. They're called uh, Okay, so <laughs> they are... little lead-ins. Big, Big 12 is doing stuff that is... And Colorado's going back to the Big 12. <clears throat> they're doing stuff that's going to upset a lot of college football traditionalists. But they're being very forward-thinking right now. Some of it's going to work, some of it's not. The, the game in Mexico, you and I may think that's stupid. What if that becomes like a big splash thing for college football over the next few years? Worth, I mean, it's worth a shot. The Big 12 is exploring playing a game in Mexico. Every oh, year. yeah. No, that's stupid. You know? See, again, old school college football fan. Dave is like, duh. But I don't think that's old them? school. I think that you go. I mean, the NFL went down there and the field was a mess and they couldn't even play a preseason game. And I don't think I, I can't see. We, we may like. Manchester Manchester U, but I don't know who the double A team is for Manchester U, and I bet they're not very popular. I'll tell you who's popular. City heating and air conditioning, 50 years in East Tennessee. Integrity matters. Don't trust a fly-by-night HVAC company to tell you that you need a new unit that could cost you thousands or more. Go to cityheatandair.com. That's cityheatandair.com. So uh, coming up on the program, I was glad we got that Seton thing in and the Dion thing. I didn't know that that was going to break necessarily during the show so uh coming up we'll have our our five favorite minutes and that's your opportunity to jump on board and uh, tell us what direction you would like to go and what you would like to discuss and we've decided whoever comes up with the best topic that will kick in there is going to be able to win a uh, t-shirt so we'll hook up with a t-shirt so uh stay tuned two minutes he is caleb calhoun i'm dave hooker off the sports Got cataracts? We can fix that. Never miss another moment. With a little help from Drs. Campbell, Cunningham, Taylor, and Hahn at cctis.com. Hi, I'm Rick Terry, and we at Rick Terry Jewelry Designs pride ourselves in the highest quality craftsmanship from a family-owned business here in Knoxville for over 35 years. At Rick Terry Jewelry Designs, we also take pride in being an affordable option for all your game day accessories, especially those fire opals. At Rick Terry Jewelry Designs, we want to be your jeweler every day and especially on game day. Go Vols! Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. These mountains hold and defend a spirit far better than moonshine a drink that holds flavor that becomes necessity a hard cider made and relished by folk who are as hearty as they are legend a refreshment that can only be found in one place with a taste that makes you say give me three bottles of the good stuff tennessee cider company where necessity can be found the dave hooker show represented by banks and jones 
Tennessee's trial attorney. Excuse me, Your Honor. Play to win. Banksjones.com. Um, who's this guy? Hello, wizard. The Dave Hooker Show, Ooh. a presentation of Off the Hook Sports. What? YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the free Off the Hook Sports app. Back to Dave Hooker. Welcome back. All right, our five favorite minutes. Go ahead and load up the message board. Best topic of the day. We'll uh, hook you up with a T-shirt. We can talk more recruiting. We can do what you want to do. But we love doing this at the end of the program each and every day because we're building a community here. Support our sponsors, Dynasty Pools and Spas, the newest there in Athens. Thank you, uh, Scott. We look forward to visiting with you and uh, excited about that. He brought you Josh Ward today. And uh, But what we would like to do is end every show with our five favorite minutes as we build this community of great advertisers, great sponsors, great businesses and the thousands of people that listen to the program every day. We greatly appreciate that. So Derek's first up, our five favorite minutes, has Nico helped or hurt Tennessee in recruiting because of his geographic area he came from? Huh, I dig that. I think that's very good, as a matter of fact, Derek. Um, if anything happens with Caleb, there's an application in there for you. <laughs> Caleb, I'm joking. Uh, I don't think it has helped yet, but I think it will help. I think that, and here's what I was told about Nico uh, yesterday by somebody in the program. I said, would you bet a week's pay that Nico's really good? And the guy said, I'd bet a month's pay that he's really, really, really good. Okay, so what happened when Tennessee has had previous California or Western uh, prospects do well? Well, they recruit better there as a whole. It makes it much, much easier. Casey Clawson's a great example. And then I think on a connecting flight, Randy Sanders saw Arian Foster like by happenstance when he was recruiting Casey. So, no, I think that Nico, by the middle of next year, by the time he's established, two games in, Caleb, I think you'll have several, several prospects from the California area that are interested in Tennessee that wouldn't have been otherwise. Yeah, I think that's a that's a very it's a very reasonable thing to think. I, I mean, let's let's go back. Um, and I'm talking JT six. Ma- to, I'm talking six to eight will really be yeah. in play. Remember when Tennessee had a big um, Polynesian presence in the early 2000s? They got JT Mapu, and then they landed Jesse Mahalona, and then they mm-hmm. landed Albert Toyana. And it it kind of it, it spiraled. And you're right, California. I think it started with Dante Stallworth. Then they got Casey Clawson. Then they got Kevin Simon. Then they got Eric Ainge out of Oregon. And then they were able. You're right. I think it was the connecting flight with Eric Ainge, not Casey, but because Eric Ainge and Foster were the same recruiting class. Oh four. Uh, yeah. I think you're. I think you're right. Yeah. Okay. So I, I got. And, and the other one that going way. way back that we didn't mention is Terry Fair. Um, now I know that's Arizona and that's not West coast, but I mean, it's like two hours. Well, and that was also, I think the fair thing, look, sometimes you have such a transcendently talented player that you just recruit all over. And I think Peyton Manning did that for Tennessee. Basically the Peyton Manning was the face of college football and his existence at Tennessee helped recruit a lot. I think that was the same, similar to Johnny Manziel for a while. And so, and Tim Tebow at Florida, Look, I think Nico's going to be that out too. Look, I'm telling you guys, I'm taking. Uh, you want to bet? I might put a month's pay right now. If the are the Heisman odds for next year out? Because I'm I'm going all in on Nico winning the Heisman next year, guys. I am putting so much money on that, 
And if he does, I'm dead serious. Heisman next year, Caleb. Why? Because you don't because he didn't start this year. Okay, let me tell you the one way he can win the Heisman if he plays in the Citrus Bowl and balls out. You have to have preseason. No, no, no. Whether it's fair or not, you have to have preseason hype to win the Heisman. No, you don't. Caleb Williams didn't have any preseason hype. Yes, he did. Everybody knew that he was going from Oklahoma to Southern California. Everybody was like, let's see this guy. Let's see what he can do. What about, okay, then let's go back. Jameis Winston hadn't started a game. He won the Heisman. Cam Newton, okay. did he have any pre, Did he have any preseason hype at Auburn? Yeah, a ton, a ton. He was the number one junior college really? prospect. RG3, the next year. RG3 was a late bloomer. Didn't actually start rolling until October. Everybody was talking about Andrew Luck before then. Okay, well, I'm just, I, I, I think you uh, have to have preseason. I'm not going to say they're not. I'm not going to say it's a hard and fast rule, and there aren't exceptions. But you have to have some preseason hype. If if he plays, Charles Woodson had none. If he plays in the Citrus Bowl, then yes, I'm. I'm, It's a possibility. Preseason hype is so overrated now because it matters. Again, Charles Woodson didn't have any preseason hype. That thing was already a lock for Peyton when the season started, and then Charles Woodson came out of nowhere and took it. So I'm just saying. I think preseason hype does there were I actually broke it down. There's like seven or eight quarterbacks that won the Heisman that did not start the year before. Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. No one thought Joe Burrow was a Heisman winner entering 2019. Okay, I don't uh, uh, let's go to uh, top 5 uh 2024 Heisman trophy player future odds. So you're telling me that he is going to be better than uh Marvin Harrison Jr. Who's He's the lead? The NFL, isn't he? That's what I would think. I'm trying to figure yeah. out if you can find futures for the 2024 uh, Heisman. You've done a better job than me because maybe Jaden Daniels. Uh, yeah, he's a sophomore, right? He has to come back, right? Yeah, I think he has to come back. Yeah, Jaden, I'll, Jaden's going to win it this year, though. So then you've got the and, whole winning it two times in a row works against you. And oh, you're right. Dylan has a great point. Johnny Mansell came out of nowhere, won the Heisman. Most out of nowhere Heisman winner ever. Nico is winning the Heisman next year, guys, because Nico is going to break every record known to man in college football for passing. Okay, this is, I am telling you guys, Nico is going to be that elite. This was a transition here for for Heupel. So he was, he's been going all in. I, I, Nico's winning the Heisman. Just telling you guys he's winning it next year. I wonder, wonder what odds you could get on a backup winning the Heisman. Now you could probably get like ten thousand to one odds, so a hundred dollars wouldn't be the worst bet. Uh, not, oh my gosh, I could do so much with my house, pay off my student loans. <laughs> That's a good point. I think I might do that. You're right. All right, I'm, that that you're you're right. I need to go ahead and drop a hundred dollars on that because uh, he's winning the Heisman. And yeah. if you can find somebody. Serious. If you can find somebody to take that bet, I'd be impressed. We might have to shop it around in Vegas a little bit. Kind of like those uh, uh, quiet bets, as far as you know, you know, the committee members could vote for, or they could call Vegas or on their app say that uh, Alabama was going to make the college football playoff and make money on that, and they would know. But you know how they do that? There's like a limit; you can only win like ten thousand dollars on stuff like that. Um, yeah, but I would take ten thousand dollars, and what would the Okay, what odds? In all seriousness, would I would I have to give you, uh, to, to 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 get excited about that? I would take odds at ten to one for Nico. I'd take him at five to one. But if you give me ten thousand to one, 
If you're telling me I can win a million dollars betting on Nico to win the Heisman, <laughs> like I am telling you guys. Uh, I, look, okay, so let's not- get so Smoky Mountain Red said I'll throw some money at that bet. All right, so I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna lower it, and you tell me when you're out. Okay, so you're taking ten thousand to one. Uh, you're you're in or you're out. You're definitely in, right? Yep. Hey now. Okay. Five thousand to one. Hey now, thousand to one. This yep. is your money. This is your hundred dollars that you could take your beautiful wife out with. Yep. Yep. Thousand, so thousand to one. one. I could win a hundred thousand hey dollars. Yes. That's crazy. A hundred to one. Yep. Still on. Okay. Really? Ten thousand. Put a hundred on a hundred to one. Ten thousand dollars. Win ten thousand. I'll take that. Fifty to one. Yes, win $5,000. Okay, I'll just drop it down to even money. Would you take even money for uh, Nico no, to win no, the Heisman? I, w- I, I would not take even money for Nico to well, win the Heisman. That is total no. bullshit. If you had have said yes, you know what that have been? That's hot. I'm Dave, <laughs> I'm Dave Hooker. This has been a presentation of Off the Hooks. Words Hunter ask a question quickly. Will Seton off the board? This class will probably be around 12th. Is this class a disappointment compared to uh, what we thought it could be? We're going to tackle yes. that tomorrow, but I will say yes a little bit. He is Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker. This has been a presentation of Off the Hooks Sports. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.